Although many of us strive to be the best dad we can be, many physicians struggle with finding balance between their life at home and their life at work. This is the Imperfect Dad MD Podcast, the show where we discuss topics involving our minds, bodies, beliefs, relationships at home, and upping our game with our business practices and financial knowledge to better improve our role as dad in the lives of those around us. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy Toffel, physician, husband, father to two boys, and self-proclaimed imperfect dad. Join me as I learn to raise my own imperfections within all these topics. Now, let's get to today's discussion. This is the Imperfect Dad MD Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy Toffel. And in today's episode, if you did not guess, based on the title of the show, I am talking about your kids and do they need a cell phone? And it was interesting because this conversation actually came up within a group I'm in of other physicians. And I was actually surprised at the variety of responses in regards to this type of question. So I want to talk about it, talk about what I think about it. And kind of really what I think you guys should be doing too. But ultimately, that's obviously up to you and your spouse and your plans on this. Now, before I get into that, don't forget, if you have not yet subscribed to the show, please do subscribe. Uh, if you have not yet left a review, I appreciate those reviews. And again, if you think somebody will get something out of this, share this with a friend. Now, we all know we live in a more highly technologically advanced society than most of us when we were growing up. Everything is connected to something, right? Wi-Fi everywhere. Somebody has to check their email before getting into work. I'm raising my hand here because that's what I do. Um, We're all connected to our tablets, computers, headphones, whatever it is, compared to where we were decades ago, right? And sadly, that's what our kids are being raised in. Our kids are being raised in a much more tech-dependent world than when we were kids, and, you know, when we were kids, it was easy to put the devices down, be it your Walkman, your CD player, your Game Boy, your Sega Genesis, um, any of that kind of stuff, because you didn't need it, for one thing, to work, to do schoolwork, to connect with friends. And ultimately, most of them were just too big to carry around, <laughs> right? But nowadays, everything is compact, everything you can take with you. And because of that, our world has adapted it to become part of everyday life. So there's this fear that if our kids don't start learning these things early, that they're not going to be able to function in society. There's this fear that our kids need to get these devices so that they have a fighting chance for jobs in the future with tech. So they know how to use these things so that they know how to manipulate them and to, you know, play with them and figure out how to code them and this and that. And there's this thought that maybe the earlier you start, the better, who knows, but The recommendations on screen time haven't truly changed very much in a while. Now, the American Academy of Pediatrics did come out with a new recommendation a few years ago, um, but it's pretty vague. You know, before that, it was pretty much a solid two hours. That's what you get. You get two hours a day screen time. That's all. And now it's kind of like, well, we recognize that you get screen time at school and you got to do homework on that. So it's more kind of based on your recreation screen time and, and blah, blah, blah. Now, they have some age restrictions. So kids under the age of two really do not need screens. Um, Your 15-month-old does not need to be put in front of a TV with Teletubbies. It just doesn't have to happen that way. And we know that kids under the age of two don't get anything out of screens. So no matter how many baby Einstein videos you have and other things that you think is helping your child with their language development, they're not. They don't help your child 
basically adapt what they see in that two-dimensional world to a three-dimensional world. We know that. And so screens under the age of two are definitely not needed. But we're not talking about screens. I know screen time is a big topic, but phones are a huge part of screen time. You know, our kids have access to computers at school. They use tablets, but phones are a totally different thing. And so when this question came up on, hey, do you give your kids phones and what's the right age to give your child a phone? Um, there was a big variety of answers. Some answers saying, oh, yeah, they can get a phone when they start driving or, oh, we'll probably give them a phone when they become 12 because they're going to be at sporting events that um, we leave them at practices and we need to know when to pick them up. Um, but then there were even responses for younger than that. 8, 9, 10, 11, basically to allow them to explore the world. They should have access to what the world is showing them. Because why would you hide that from them? Why? What are you scared that your kid's going to learn? Blah. blah. It's basically more of the what are you trying to hide from your kid type of topic, which was silly, I think. But it's interesting because had this been a topic three decades ago, you know, your phone's connected to the wall. Your computer is a giant brick on the desk. And if you asked your parents back then about having some type of technological gadget for you, they would tell you to shut up and get outside and play. But I think for a lot of us, and especially younger parents, being raised on these things, not knowing much else outside of life, it's considered like, yeah, this is normal. Why wouldn't I do this for my kids? But let's talk about phones, just phones in general. What are they used for? Calling, texting, and now basically everything else. You can search for anything on the internet. You can go to TikTok. You can go to Instagram. You can do Snapchat. You can do all these things. And let's be honest, most kids using a phone are not using it for educational purposes. They're using it specifically for entertainment. They're using it for texting with their friends, sending videos, um, checking on their likes on social media. And we know that social media is a huge cause of mental health problems in kids, especially teenagers. And you look at things like depression, you look at anxiety, and we very much know that that is a big influence on mental health and really the detriment of that in a lot of teenage kids. You look at bullying, you look at people being broken up in their specific groups. I mean, you think about junior high, I remember junior high when I was a kid, there was a lot of, of clicks and we didn't need social media to do that. Now with social media, it's even worse. And before, when you weren't included in something, you didn't know, you just weren't told. And that was maybe not as bad, but now there's pictures all over the internet. There is things on Instagram and Facebook, and maybe you're even being called out about not being invited. And not only are you being left out, but you're being made to feel less because of it. And that leads to some major mental health issues for kids, because let's be honest, kids want to fit in. They want to be seen as being worthy. They want to be seen as being um, one of the group. And when that happens and they don't get that, they have to first ask themselves, what's wrong with me? What happened? Why don't my friends like me? And they start questioning that. And now you go down this rabbit hole of self-deprecation. Is it an image thing? Am I going to start having body image issues? Is it because I'm not cool enough because I don't party with them? I mean, I remember being in high school and a guy who was supposedly my friend flat out told me to my face, Jeremy, we don't invite you to any of the parties because you don't drink. And so you wouldn't be any fun. I didn't even ask him. Like, I don't even know why the guy came up and told me this, but that's what he said to me. And I was just like, okay. I mean, luckily back then I didn't care that much. Um, I, to be honest, didn't even realize most of them were partying like they were. Um, I guess you want to call me sheltered in high school, college is a different story, but high school, that's what I was told. 
And so I learned very quickly that I wasn't going to be invited to any cool parties. And I was okay with that. But what if I had been staring at all these images online for months of people having fun, hanging out, doing fun things together, and I wasn't a part of that group? Well, now I'm feeling like I'm really getting left out. And maybe I decided to start drinking. Maybe I decided to start doing drugs. Maybe I decided to start skipping class with my friends because that's the only way to be invited into that group. I don't know. But that's a big thing that you have to look at with kids with social media. And we're not just talking high school here. Junior high, middle school, whatever they call it where you're from, you're seeing this stuff in those age groups too. And social media is only making it worse. And so when you look at phones, that is the biggest use of phones is social media with kids. So when I see people arguing that, oh, kids need to be, they need to have phones to be able to be exposed to their peers, uh, I just call complete bullshit on that. I mean, I'm just going to say it right now. It's complete BS because there's not a positive side a lot of times with this. There's a lot more negative than positives when you look at that. So unless you're planning on completely policing your child's use of social media, which is difficult at best because they have a ton of ways around it. All you're going to do is create more frustration for them because now I'm going to hand you this phone and tell you, yeah, sure, you can get on Snapchat or Instagram, but I have to see everything you're doing. That's just going to create more rift between you and your child, more distrust. And I think the thing you have to ask yourself too, it's if you decide to give your kid a phone, the first question you have to ask yourself is why? Why do I feel like my child needs this? And is there a better way to do it? So one comment, or at least many comments, like I said, were based on kids needing to contact their parents because of after-school activities. Well, my kids are nine and five. I don't foresee ourselves anytime in the near future having them be at a event that I don't have us there for, because we like to stay and watch our kids practice. I love seeing my kids practice. You know, our younger son's playing baseball. It's fun to see him get into that. Our older son's an awesome swimmer, and I love to see him do that. They both play tennis. They both do a lot of activities. And so I'm always, or my wife is always there to watch because, I mean, we don't get these days back and it's important to us, so we do it. Um, But for some people, they can't do that. And I recognize that. But you don't need a phone. Our kids have gizmo watches. And I'm not, you know, repping gizmos or anything like that. But they're basic watches that can message only us. And they can call us. That's it. I mean, that's that's the whole purpose, right? Hey, mom, I need picked up now. Hey, mom, I'm down the street at so-and-so's house. Can you pick me up at five? I mean, if that's the argument we're saying for phones, these things, these devices, these smart watches for kids are insanely cheaper, much more durable, and just as effective, if not more, because you know what's on their wrist, you know where they're at. They can't just leave it around. It's not just laying around. It's sitting there on their wrist. And so I feel like that's one argument against that. Somebody brought up this idea of not being up to date on, you know, pop culture, popular people like YouTubers and things like that, and how they would be left out by their peers or they would feel left out because they didn't know who these people were. And I, 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 don't, I don't know where that argument even came from. I had to laugh a little bit. I mean, I remember growing up, and to be totally honest, I was not a baseball fan growing up. I didn't know any of the baseball players. But my friends did. My friends were big baseball fans. So when we hung out, they were talking about baseball players. And not once did I ever feel left out. 
I didn't care who the most popular baseball player was. And I didn't care that my friends knew that. I thought it was cool that they talked about it and I got to learn from them. We had different interests and it was really cool to see that. So this idea that our kids are going to be left out because they don't know who somebody online is that's popular is just, I think, mind-boggling to me. It's this, it's this whole social construct that we have to know who these popular people. I mean, if you think about it, it's basically like, you know, the entertainment section of, of whatever magazine, newspaper, online journal articles, blogs, things like that are out there. It's this concept that I'm supposed to be concerned about what so-and-so celebrity is doing with their Saturday mornings with their kids. Like, why? Why do I have to care about that? People do, and they talk about it, and it's news, and it makes news people a lot of money because people click on those stories and it sells advertisements. But it's just, to me, it's such an interesting concept that we feel this need to be socially connected to know about everything, everywhere, at every time. And if we're not aware of it, something's wrong. And we have to know. And what does that breed into? Anxiety. Why don't I know about this? I have to learn about this. I have to hear about this. Oh my gosh, I gotta check this show out. Oh my gosh, I gotta go check my email for this. Oh, I have to go check and see what my Instagram is showing. What else is new going on with this celebrity? Right? It's this anxiousness. It's this need for more. It's this need for I don't want to miss out. I mean, the common term that we use now is FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. And kids have this FOMO sensation. They want to know what's going on with people. They want to know what's going on with their friends. They don't want to miss out on the next big thing that's being talked about or happening. And do they have to be? No. And I think it's important to teach our kids that. So instead of giving into a phone because we're scared our kid is going to feel left out, I think it's a much better lesson to talk to kids and be like, hey, is this something that concerns you? And if they say no, it'd be like, cool. If they say no, it's not concerning me at all, awesome. If it is concerning to them, have that conversation. Be like, hey, let's talk about that. Why is it concerning you? And let me talk to you about why it shouldn't. You know, we sometimes, you know, people use phones and technology, obviously, as a way to parent in certain ways. And I get that. But sometimes, too, we project our own fears onto our kids, hoping that they will learn from what we want. Or maybe it's this sense of, well, I always felt left out as a kid, and I don't want my kid to feel that way, so I'm going to give them every opportunity not to feel that way, so I'm going to get them a smartphone early in life. So I would ask yourself that. We're going to go back to that why question that I asked a while ago. If you're going to get your kid a phone, ask yourself why. Why are you doing it? What's the purpose? What benefit is it bringing you? Now, I'm not saying all phones for kids is evil. And I'm not saying that if you do that for your kids, you're a bad parent, by any means. We have lots of friends who do it, and I don't judge them at all. You know, the big thing you have to judge with your own child is, are they ready for it? Are they mature enough for it? And what are they going to use it for, and what are you going to allow them to use it for? Because you're the only person who can make that decision. And honestly, you're the only people that are going to deal with the repercussions of it if they're not ready. Other than your child, of course. And so you have to be prepared for that. You have to be prepared for what are they using it for? What am I putting myself and my child at risk for when I do this? And do I think they're ready for it? And if you make that decision that they're ready for it, okay, go for it. That's totally your decision. But I will say you have to watch out. You have to watch out. You have to be ready because that is opening up a totally different world to them. One that you have not experienced yet when you give that to them. And it's going to lead to more stressors in different ways. So you have to watch that. Now, one of the final things with cell phones that you have to watch out with kids is they love to use them in bed. I mean, I'm not going to lie. 
I do it in bed, right? I use my phone sometimes as a way to declutter my mind and to distract myself from maybe some stress of the day. And kids are very much the same way with that. However, with a lot of kids, it really affects their sleep. I'd say nine times out of 10, when I'm talking to a teenager who is not sleeping well, the number one reason why is because they're on their phones. They're texting with friends, they're watching YouTube or TikTok or some video on it or a movie. And instead of getting the sleep they're supposed to be getting, which is like eight to nine hours of sleep still, they're getting four, they're getting five. They're not getting the sleep that their brain needs. And what does that do? Not getting sleep decreases your ability to remember things from the day. That's when a lot of your brain does a lot of compartmentalizing of the things you learn throughout the day. And that's just not school. That's sports too. Let's say you learned a new move in basketball or you learned a new play in football or soccer or something like that. Your muscle memory and your ability for your body to reenact those plays or those movements without having to think as hard the next time, that all happens while you're sleeping. That's when your brain starts figuring that out. So when you're missing out on sleep, you're actually putting yourself at risk for not developing as well with that. The other thing too, sleep helps with mood and anxiety and depression. You don't get enough sleep. Your brain has a harder time dealing with that. Hunger. You don't get enough sleep. Your brain is put into a stressful situation and you release stress chemicals, which means you are more prone to crave carbs, sugars, those kind of things. And so when your child is not getting the sleep they need because of a phone, that's obviously a problem. So that is one thing you're going to have to address. You know, when the day comes that our children have a phone, the, the number one rule is going to be that gets plugged in at night. It's going to be in this centralized area. And no, you can't have your phone past a certain time. Like that's just what the rule is going to be in our house. And some people might scoff at that idea, but some people might think that's ridiculous, but it's what it's going to be. And that's because I know that really these devices are considered and are treated as addictive things. And it's hard for kids to put down. I mean, that's really what most of the stuff is designed as. It's a design to get you hooked. It's designed to feed your dopamine centers and want you to get more and get more and get more. And so if you think your child's going to be able to put it down at night, watch. I mean, just see, see what it's doing. But I'll tell you that one of the number one reasons kids don't get sleep at night is because of their cell phone. So what am I saying to you? Does your kid need a cell phone? Probably not. There's a lot of other ways to manage and get what you need um, without a cell phone. Again, I mentioned earlier, some people talked about how they need it for school because of either emails or getting work done. And plenty of kids have tablets at home. Plenty of kids have laptops at home that they're able to utilize for those types of things. And so a phone's not needed. You know, your kid's probably not going to be working on their phone on schoolwork at the park. And so you can find ways to do this without a phone. And I know the phone is sometimes the easiest answer, but ultimately in the long run, it's not. And so I would challenge you if you've been thinking about it, um, think about what your thoughts are and think about what your why is for it. Now, maybe you're a parent who's already done this and you haven't seen any problems yet. That's great. That's awesome. Keep watching. Please make sure that your kid is still being safe. Keep asking yourself, why is my child have their phone and what are they doing with it? And is it okay with you? Because ultimately, again, I'm just a guy on a microphone talking about my thoughts on phones. Now I'm a pediatrician, so I'm, I have a pretty strong opinion on screen time in general with kids. But you have to f- decide for yourself what makes the most sense to you. So think about that. Ask yourself what your opinion is on it, and does it make sense to you as a parent? I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, so... 
If you want to send me your thoughts, you can email me at imperfectdadmd.gmail.com. Um, I'm always happy to see those emails from people and talk with you about it. Um, otherwise, you can go to the website at imperfectdadmd.com and message me there. But otherwise, I hope you guys are staying healthy and staying safe. Remember to embrace those imperfections, and I'll see you next time. My dad, Dr. Jeremy Toffel, is a pediatrician, father, and husband. The information provided in this podcast is not meant to be medical advice and is for your education and entertainment only.